Welcome to Life After Beauty School, What I Wish Someone Told Me, a podcast for glampreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. If you struggle with building your clientele, marketing yourself on social media, working long hours behind the chair, or maybe you've been in the beauty industry for a while and you're tired of hustling and ready to run an effective business, you might want to stop and take a listen because this podcast is for you. I'm Deandra Giselle, hairstylist, business coach, and educator. I discuss real action plans and solutions to help you live a wealthy life. Now let's get into this podcast. All right, Glampreneur. So we had a little bit of technical difficulties (laughs) um, when we were originally recording this. And so we're in different clothes if you're watching on YouTube, and we are going to pick up where we left off, but to be sure that you guys got all the good information that Jasmine is giving you. I'm going to ask her the last question again. All right. So the question was, let's talk about how you were able to get fully booked in one year with just one launch. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So first, a launch is basically a very intentional period where you are showing up, you're promoting one specific thing to your audience, Mm -hmm. in hopes to meet your your income goal, sales goal, booking goal. So when I did this launch last year, I started off with basically sharing other people's audiences. So what that would look like is I reached out to our favorite planners, photographers, um, some of our fun blogger friends and I basically interviewed them on our Instagram live Instagram you can use it completely free Um, I'm very big on free marketing for your business so one thing that I'm big on is having premium positioning and how you present yourself as a premium is that you have to lead you have to be the expert and when I was doing some of these interviews of course I'm giving their audience some value about hair and makeup they're sharing value about photography and how hair and makeup actually does really benefit the the photo session and all of those things. So we're showing up, we're being the expert, and now their audience is getting introduced to us. And now if we're speaking their language, if they're into the natural glam and all the things that my business is about, they're going to follow us. And I have a specific way of how I like to set up my content. I have content that basically helps us get in front of new eyes. So those lives were a form of visibility content. And then after that, I have brand awareness content that really separates myself from our competitors. So they know why we're different, what value we bring. And then the last phase is basically our signature content where we're talking about our signature service. So from people who were introduced to us, they now are learning a little bit about our brand and they're seeing how our service can actually serve them. So when we're doing these lives, we got a ton of increase. And with our streamlined booking process, we were able to quickly turn over those leads into actually booked clients. And that is how we were able to fill out our dates. Now, one thing I definitely want to make known is that my business is a boutique style agency, which means we don't take a hundred plus weddings per year. But what I do have is intentional payment strategies in my business. So I'm able to get paid three months in advance. So even during our slower seasons, we have income still coming in four figures, five figures of sales from client payments in advance, which really helps a lot of bridal artists when they have busy season, slow season. So for the rest of that year, 
I was able to focus on different aspects of my brand, like my virtual business, so that I can show up knowing that regardless of if I show up in my business right now in my Instagram stories, I'm still getting paid. We're already booked. And for me, that's the more sustainable way of going about your business in a way that really maintains your energy and your mental health. So mm. that's, that's kind of what, what well, it happened in a nutshell and the benefits of it. Wow. I had like so many thoughts while you were talking <laughs> through that. And yeah. one of it was you answered the question of how you stay busy throughout mm-hmm. the year as a bridal business, Absolutely. because I teach cosmetology at a cosmo school and few of my students are interested in niching down to that. And they're yeah. like, how can I stay busy throughout the year when it seems like we know people can get married any day of the yeah. week, any time <laughs> of the month. But traditionally here in California, it's like June, July, everyone mm-hmm. is really into the wedding season. Yeah. And it's like, how can they stay busy throughout the year if they become super niche in bridal and you just answered it it's like your payment structure and I never thought about that I was always thinking like oh well you can offer different types of services or open up your business to not just bridal but special events but you Mm -hmm. I mean not saying that you can't do special events but your business primarily focuses only on bridal right Absolutely. And one thing that I'm big about, especially whenever I have clients who want to work with me is I tell them I don't want you to build a duplicate version of my business. I want you to build what's going to make sense for you in the long term and whoever you hire. So I even have a client, she does uh, weddings primarily, they also do like headshots, uh, boudoir, family events, uh, like hair and makeup. So It can be whatever you want it to be. But one thing that you just said, like where you are, busy season is like June, July. For me in the Carolinas, nobody wants to get married in July because it's hot outside. So understand where you are and understand what your busy seasons are going to look like and Mm -hmm. what the slow seasons are going to look like. And that can really help you set up what services you offer when you offer them so that if you do get in the launch, you know, okay, well, December, January and February is going to be slow. Let me start planning my launch around October time so I can fill in some gaps there. It's all about intentional planning and just kind of like looking ahead, but understanding the busy seasons is definitely going to help you tremendously. So my question to you, as we get into this launch is how long do you take to plan your launches? Cause I know you talked about your collaboration. You did, you said like 15 people, right? Like you mm-hmm. had, okay. So how long did it take you to put the whole launch together? So So we got in front of an additional like 15,000 people just with how many followers people had. But I only did live collabs with about like five or six people. Oh, got Um, it. Yes. Yes. So the the duration of how long I plan. Now I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I get excited and I'm like, I'm going to plan it tomorrow. (laughs) But I've learned to pace myself. And when you actually pace yourself, give yourself time to plan out content, what your live topics are going to be. If you do any kind of interviewing, like I did, what questions are going to be beneficial for the guests and myself that really helps highlight their expertise and my expertise as well. So you can ideally plan things out 
in like two and a half weeks, three weeks, depending on how fast you are. Um, but the launch itself for me, it took me about um, a good uh, three weeks. Um, okay. And of course, in between, I did like a live here and there weekly or biweekly, depending on people's schedule. Okay. So yeah, so it just depends on how fast you are. And of course, this can be a repeatable process. You can do a launch at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year um, versus doing like smaller launches here and there. I feel like those smaller launches really take up a lot of time and energy. But yeah. when you plan for uh, bigger events, you can get a bigger bang for your buck that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was just curious because I know I'm kind of like you when I have an idea, I'm like, mm -hmm. let's do it tomorrow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel this sense of overwhelm oh, because yeah. I try to accomplish something that really companies take months sometimes. Yeah. The, the whole the, team, the whole team on the same page oh, yeah. and ideas and concepts. And I'm trying to do it in one day mm -hmm. and then do the launch the following week. And it's like, that's not how it goes at yeah. all. I, lo I love that you shared that. All right. So I'll let you take it away with your question. Yes. So I have only a few more questions. So one of my questions is, I know earlier uh, we were talking about uh, blending the two, uh, like finding the harmony. Uh, my thing is, whenever I started to show up on social media and really started to tell people like, hey, this is what we're doing in our business. Uh, like one thing, we don't take... Um, like squeeze in bookings, we don't take a lot of last minute bookings. So when you started to really prioritize family, you were talking about your son and how he does basketball, when you started to really uh, implement your own boundaries, when it comes to when you're working, how often you're working, did you feel like there was going to be a lot of pushback? Um, more so like inner thoughts? I know you said that your clients were like, okay, cool, we, we can adapt. But did you have any kind of pushback originally? Um, any fear of, oh my gosh, if I do this, this is going to ruin my business? Or um, what was your thought process about it? And how did you actually work through that? Wow. So I had a lot of thoughts. Um, I was so scared that I would lower my revenue by putting family first, that mm -hmm. it took me a long time to actually put the plan in action. Okay. And I started asking clients when they would come in my chair, um, Hey, if I were to change my schedule, how would, you know, could you adjust, you know, what, what's your schedule like? And I just started polling them. Yeah. And that made me feel a sense of, clarity and calmness because I had built a relationship with them already. So that's another thing behind the chair. It is probably 80% relationship and 20% your skill. People connect with you. That's why I moved over 70 miles from where I originally opened my salon and my clients still follow me to this day oh because God. of the relationship. Now, do they see me as frequently? No, mm -hmm. but they built that relationship with me. So I started polling my clients and seeing what would work with them if I wasn't going to work on the weekends. And what they told me is like, well, if you're not going to work on the weekends, that's fine. But are you going to have a later day? during the week so I could come after work or leave a little bit early from work. So what I ended up doing is on Thursdays, no, it was Wednesdays. It was between Wednesday and Friday. Like I would rotate mm -hmm. and I would start at like 12 
p.m. and then end at eight. And that worked and none of them complained. I had to get over the being scared of my clients leaving me because it's my business. And so I'm by me being scared, I'm allowing the client to control my business. Mm-hmm. It's my business. Target, we can't tell Target when they can open their doors <laughs> and when they can't, you know? <laughs> so I had to think of myself as a corporation like Target or Walmart and stop thinking of myself as just this little old hairstylist, mm-hmm. you know, that needs I'm and that's why I also don't like to use the term small business. I am a business. Mm-hmm. Um I, I am not, my business structure shouldn't be less than just because I'm not a corporation, you know, like other corporations. But if I treat my business as if it is at some point, I will get there. And once I got all of those thoughts together, I pulled my clients, I talked with my husband and we figured out what worked because, you know, 12, that's like, you know, that's later. That means he has to take on some of the things that I would do. And it worked out. And I felt better talking to my clients. I felt a whole lot better too. Yes. And one thing, one thing that you said is that you poll your clients. I'm big on market research. And also, you kind of had to change up your schedule. You changed up your schedule and it was okay. I know that I I have a lot of people who listen who are mamas and they have like little ones and they're already in their routine that they've set. And I feel like sometimes people think, oh, well, if I have to go and rechange this routine or if I have to go back and, you know, redo something that I already set into place, that it's going to be chaotic. But sometimes in our head, we can uh, over-exaggerate what's actually going to be happening versus in reality it's a quick conversation like hey if I do xyz would you be able to handle this and it's like oh well that that wasn't as crazy as what I thought and even for uh myself and some of my clients whenever we shifted our calendars um the days that we work maybe the times that we start the times that we end it offered up so much freedom and flexibility with a simple shift So I love that you kind of talked a little bit about polling your clients and actually seeing what would work best and actually accommodating in a way that still protected uh, your family time and things like that. So I love that. Well, I also want to say, too, is that if you know your target audience, you know what they're willing to adjust to as Mm -hmm. well. At the time, I told you guys I was looking for women who were the boss. So they they were the ones that controlled. I don't know if anyone has ever seen House, but my husband and I, that was like our show. And we were like, I'm looking for the cutties in the <laughs> in the in the business, like those ones who run everything. So they are flexible. And what I found with my target audience is they preferred to come later because they wanted their Saturday. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be anywhere. They wanted to do what they wanted to do, yeah. how they wanted to do it on Saturday. And for my clients that were like every two weekers or every three weeks, they were like, oh, girl, I will stay up late one day out the week so I can keep my Saturday. So also, yeah. if you have your target audience, you kind of understand what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. And then a schedule has to be adjusted. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm a mom of three. Someone always needs something different. There's no way I have to be willing to let go of the schedule. You know what I mean? Like, okay, 
this happened because what I found when I wouldn't let go of the schedule is if something changed my schedule, I was highly annoyed. Oh, yeah. I was like, I had a bad attitude about it. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to be late cooking Mm -hmm. dinner. I'm going to, you know, and so you have to also, that's why I like to use the word harmony. You have to lean into one thing for a moment and then into the next. So hopefully that will help you mamas out there who are like hanging on super tight to your (laughs) schedule. Like let it go a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so in in our conversations, you um, have been saying we in our business, which means that you have multiple people that work with you. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how you expanded into multiple locations. How did you get people to work with you? Like, how did that all come about? Absolutely. So first off is whenever my business expanded, it was because of our reputation. We just kind of got known as the diversity team. Like if you have an interracial uh, um, or mixed race bridal party, then we're we're your people. So whenever I expanded, the first thing that I did was try to find people that actually aligned with our values. Um, that's definitely something that's going to help you a ton if you want to hire back end help or just other stylists that can work underneath your brand, um, just to kind of preserve your brand's reputation. So I just started reaching out to people. I was very intentional about how I created hiring posts, very um, clear to articulate what my qualifications were for someone to want to work with my brand and what they can expect from me as their leader. Mm -hmm. Um, So just putting out hiring posts, having a mapped out uh, interviewing process. Um, That's definitely something that I had to fine tune because I had never uh, hired before. So I I learned best by my mistakes. So I really created a very intentional um, interviewing process to really understand somebody's personality, not necessarily uh, their level of skill set, because you can always train skill set, but you can't really train personality. (laughs) No, you can't, girl. That is... (laughs) so uh just finding people who were teachable and who were open-minded and just really uh ready and excited to learn so I went from originally starting a team of five in my hometown and now I have um 18 amazing people who freelance under my brand who are licensed estheticians and licensed cosmetologists and then for the back end help, I have one uh, person who does my social media. Um, I love to tell people up front, I'm the queen of typos. Uh, my third grade teacher called me queen of run on sentences. And I will, I will, that is me. So whenever I hired my assistant, I told her, listen, I don't know where to put the comma. I spell a, a lot of things wrong. Make us look smart because that's not my lane of expertise. Mm-hmm. I just kind of gave her an outline of this is the client that we serve. This is how you have conversations with them. And this is how we create our, our content pillars and content hubs so that it's very cohesive of what she's saying and how I would say it so that it's the same. Um, so I have her and then I have my other assistant who is my customer care assistant she just helps with emails um so any leads and bookings she helps me with that so right now i have people who can help me attract clients book clients and then right now i'm managing the clients but that is a position that i'm going to be hiring for later on this year so that's how i yeah so that's how i i started but you just need to know what the vision is what your end goal is do you always want to be working in your business or do you want to hire people and as you enjoy life be present but always work towards what that long term is 
Mm. So you said 18 people mm-hmm. currently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, girl, you get it. <laughs> so if I was new starting out mm-hmm. and, you know, I want to build a bridal team, how did you, you talked about the interview process, but at what point were you like, I need to get a team? Like, what was so that point I- for you? So to be very transparent, I was freelancing for a couple of bridal hair and makeup teams, and I realized that I needed to step away on my own when I was turning away regular direct referrals, and I was already working for somebody else. So what I ended up doing, and I I had a whole like war in my head, like, I don't want to manage people, I don't want to have that responsibility. But once I actually stepped into it, I was like, this is literally like meant for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to me. Um, of course, there was some learning to do, but it, it, it just felt natural. So whenever I was, uh, you know, booking, uh, getting booked with someone else, what I thought was, okay, well, what if I had a team, and I'm working for their company, but I also have freelance artists who are taking the bookings that are coming through from my business. So I started to build my business while I was freelancing. um, And that was because I had heard some nasty rumors about Uh, people who wanted to step out on their own with the company that I was working for. Thankfully, I listened to my gut because I tried to give them like a three month notice, like, hey, I'm going to be stepping out on my own. I'm getting a lot of direct referrals. And they instantly viewed me as competition, wiped out my entire books. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, they wiped out my entire books. But thankfully, I had already had five people that I had been connecting with behind the scenes. And I already had like 12 bookings that I had already had them booked with. So I just added myself onto the weddings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, it's go time now. So Mm -hmm. and it, it just it just took off. So I, I built in silence. And then once I was free. (laughs) I just put the pedal to the metal. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And the the reason why I ask that is there's a student that I have um, specifically who she's trying to do all the things, you know, and is feeling very overwhelmed. And I'm like, you have to realize when it's time to hire out. And that seems scary to someone who's used to doing everything, especially if they haven't created the budget to hire someone. And that was her thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm scared that if I hire someone, how do I have the money to pay them if they now start working for me? Like now I'm in charge of someone's livelihood. So, I mean, I don't know if that's digging too personal, but how did you transition into, okay, now I'm the boss and I have to start paying people? Yeah. So first off, I had to know what number I was actually working towards. Like what is going to be a a number that's going to be sustainable for me so that I know that my bills are going to be paid. I know that my team is going to be paid paid well. And that is really what helped me really show up and start to gain discipline because there were so many habits that I had to now learn and implement. So I had to learn how to become disciplined so that I can show up, hit a target goal, how to actually dissect my goals and make them a little bit more easier. But I had to learn how to release control. So for me, I'm a Scorpio. I don't know if y'all are into Zodiac signs, but I'm a Scorpio and I'm very stubborn and I really want things to be a certain way. That's just due to my own perfectionism. But there comes a time, just like you said, where you're going to have to release that because 
no one is going to have the same amount of drive for your business as you are. But what people will respect is your vision, how you make them feel, how you encourage them. And those are the things that really help me uh, grow my business, release some of the responsibilities off of my plate so that I'm not trying to do everything myself. Um, it's still a learning process mm -hmm. of sometimes I find myself uh, growing my business and then we'll get to like a little comfy place and I'm like okay this is it and then I'm like okay but we still have a goal that we're working towards so now it's time to get uncomfortable again mm -hmm. and once you learn how to just lean into that discomfort that is going to do tremendous things for your, your personal development for you as a leader and it's going to just protect your sanity your mental health I I remember trying to do large bridal parties by myself and at mm -hmm. the end of the day it's like yes I have this money but I feel like crap mm. and it's like the the money isn't worth sacrificing my mental health back in the day when I was surviving off of Starbucks and Red Bull maybe it was but now <laughs> my yeah. goals are completely different and I prioritize what's going to protect my energy overall, because if I don't even have the energy to show up and operate my business, things it can go down into a whole spiral just mm -hmm. because of doing things out of fear. And one thing that you can do is figure out a budget that makes sense for you. I think I did a podcast on this, or maybe I was in my Instagram stories. But if you want to hire help, help doesn't necessarily have to look like so-and-so's business over there you might have somebody that shows up you know two hours a week in your business or three hours a week or seasonal or part-time and you pay them a set amount each hour that matches your budget so there's so many different ways that people can really uh help them get to their business help people uh get their business where they want it to be based upon what season of growth you're in right now you just have to be open-minded and willing to test and try Mm, that's good. I love that. And then how did you get into the different, cause you're in different cities, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just yes. in one location. So how did yes. you get into the different cities? Yes. So connection, connection is so important. So since we do service different locations that I necessarily haven't always been to, what I did first was I asked myself, okay, what would be places that, you know, I would want to visit, you know, later on. So we have intentional people in certain areas based upon places that we would visit. So the first thing is I seeked out people through intentional hashtags. So I have some people that are in like the Tennessee Knoxville area. So I would search bridal hair artist in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I would connect with them and I would let them know, hey, I'm building a team in this area. This is what we would be doing. This is how often you can expect to be booked. Are you interested in learning more? And if they are, then I would invite them to our interview. I would go through my whole interview process and I would book them out. But another thing when it comes to actually receiving consistent increase is understanding so for me I knew that I wanted to expand to uh, Knoxville and like the Savannah Georgia area so before we actually announced it I was big on building relationships planners photographers venues any type of vendor that our dream client would necessarily book because of their values their aesthetic and so many other things that kind of go into uh, who would be the best people to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. We built, Yeah, we built those connections up first 
So that way, whenever we did announce on social media, hey, we're going to be accepting applications from these areas. Now we have people who are already referring us work. And this is a huge advantage for somebody who doesn't necessarily have a big budget, but you have a lot of time on your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I did uh, back back in the day, um, there you can do it a little bit more strategically now, but back, back in the day, what I did was each day I would email or I would message on Instagram 30 people. And I would do this for like a couple of months. And it would be a planner, a photographer, a venue, the florist, the baker, I don't care who it was, I would introduce to myself, and I would just say like hey if you ever are in need of somebody for a shoot for a collaboration for anything we are available but of course you want to build that connection first before you Mm -hmm. slide into somebody's dm with some random and uh that's just basically like connection is key you have Mm -hmm. to be social on social media and I feel like a lot of people they're just kind of playing the sit and wait game and it's like you have to be proactive about going out there and building those connections if you want your business to expand how you want it to yeah so being social on social media if you guys aren't sure like well how would you do that it was Mm -hmm. before she asked for something that means commenting on pictures Mm -hmm. true comments not oh that looks good like something that's meaningful (laughs) yeah cute or fires you know symbols or no you have Mm -hmm. to actually interact as if they were in front of you and then you know making sure that you are one following them because that's that would be horrible if you're like hey asking for something you're not even following and then eventually you can go into the DMs and try to build connection that way. But anytime someone is already asking you for something that isn't beneficial um, to them, they're going to be like, why... Who is this person? <laughs> hey, you know? can you refer me clients? Yeah. <laughs> like, I you don't even know, know my name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I like that you said social media is social. And I think a lot of times we think social media is just scrolling through mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, who you can connect with or what that absolutely. person is doing. But it, it's a social interaction. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so, oh, do you have another question for me? Yes, I have one last question for you. So my question is, so we're kind of big on uh, lifestyle and habits. I know for me, I had to, and still am, implement a lot of daily habits or success habits, success routines for me to really have discipline, uh, show up consistently in my business that has really helped my business grow. If you could suggest two habits or two routines that has really been a game changer, um, life and business, what would be those two habits that you feel like really uh, just kind of like next level of the game for you? One, send my kids off to school. Mm-hmm. And then two, it is to have the quiet time before I go onto social media, answer emails, um, respond to anything. And not all the time can I do that in the morning because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes something happens, someone's sick a child woke up late for school, whatever it is. So if I don't do it in the morning, then I have to replace it midday because I find myself a bit shuffled. But if I could just add on top of that is in that quiet time, we are so used to rolling out of bed and checking our phones, Mm -hmm. right? I went back to an old school clock. Like I put my phone 
I put my phone at my desk in my desk area, which is not my room. I make sure that I have distinct areas in my house. So I don't ever do work in my bed. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I don't ever even do work at my dining room table. I have a specific area where this is work. And I put my phone over there and went back to an old school clock so that I would not be tempted to roll over. And after I take off the alarm, start looking at social media or see what notifications. The other thing is I did take off notifications on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I don't have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, none of those locations. I set time aside where I'm going to look at social media and be social. Um, I'm going to go into LinkedIn and do whatever I need to do. So all notifications are off the even email. I don't even have email notifications because I, I found that if I take off notifications and determine when I'm going to check them. I have control of my hours in my day. Mm -hmm. But if I allow those things to come on, I would be working on a project, working on something. I see an email and I see the subject. I'm like, oh, and I go into that email and subject. And then I've lost 30, 45 an hour just based on that email. So those were the, the key things. And then the last thing is with social media content, I also put social media, like if I'm doing social media personally, I use my phone, right? I'm just scrolling through. But if I'm using it for business, I always do it on my laptop. Because that again is separating work from personal. And I'm able to have a bit more control of my day. Uh, The reason why I say the first one is get my kids gone to school is because I find that when I'm trying to work, you know, their ages range from 17, 12 to three. So if I'm trying to work and they're still home, it's, it's chaotic for me. You know, I get asked questions and then I'm getting annoyed that they're interrupting me. So And let's just be honest, that can happen. So my thing is my workday is not going to start until they are gone to school. And that has given them from there. I'm able to put those other processes in place. And then I feel like, okay, I'm in control of my day. I'm in control of what I'm doing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And something that I also do um, that you mentioned, so I don't have any notifications that go off on my phone. And it's because I'm easily distracted. Just like you said, like if I see an email come through, and it's a question, I'm like, Oh, well, I can just quickly answer this. And then next thing I know, I'm like, 45 minutes deep into a task that wasn't even related to what my work day was about. Mm-hmm. So that has definitely helped me. Um, one thing that I want to add into there, and I don't know if you do this, but uh, time tracking, time tracking has definitely helped me so much. Because say you want to set up your work day. Uh, for me, I'm big on themed work days. So say I'm doing like a client admin day for bridal. If I don't necessarily know that admin day takes me about 45 minutes to 90 minutes I don't even know how to set up my work day so I've started to track my time and this actually helps me stay focused I used to have so many tabs open on my computer whenever I would work but now since I'm time tracking and I have my notifications off I know okay I need to make sure that I'm just 
pushing through this task and I'm staying focused and consistent. And for me, that has definitely been like a huge game changer. But I love, I love all of the tips and I'm definitely going to be implementing uh, some of those as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've never time tracked, but I think when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's a good idea to know how long it takes me to get something done. So I know when I'm like, you know, cause sometimes you just don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, like, uh. yeah, uh, I'd rather go do something else. Like yesterday Mm -hmm. I had this whole thing planned and I just didn't feel like doing it. I didn't feel like working. And in those moments, um, sometimes I will allow myself that moment. Like maybe I have been thinking too much and all I did was like watch a show for a little bit because I couldn't even think of something creatively. Uh, but I love that time tracking. Cause I'm like, huh, how long does it take me to answer client emails? And can I shorten that time? What am I mm-hmm. doing in between? You know? Yes. Yes. I, I love to tell people like the first thing that people say is I want to shorten my work day. And I'm like, well, how long was your work day taking? And they're like, long <laughs> you're like no like, i was looking for a number yeah yeah and i'm like well we have to know what number we're currently at in order to aim to shorten it um so absolutely absolutely i'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take some of those tips i'm gonna start trying to put my phone uh by my workstation uh <laughs> yeah that was huge and uh, and you know what's so embarrassing? Like I'm in the generation where we did we did not have like I saw when the first cell phone came out. It was like a block. It was old school. My dad was super excited about it. Um, the first computer we had was like green and black. Like it, it didn't have color. So I'm in the I'm in the 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 beginning of the millennials where like we were transitioning into technology, like the world wide web was like scary. Right. Yeah. So we had alarm clocks. We had regular alarm clocks. Funny thing is when I decided to switch to a regular alarm clock, of course I wanted to look all new. I didn't want it to look old school. (laughs) I did not know how to set the alarm because I'm so used to my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And then the snooze button was confusing. Cause you know, on your phone, you're like snooze, you know, yeah. and move on. <laughs> it was interesting just to have to go back to that. And I even do that to my son. I'm like, son, do not have your phone in your room. So we kind of like all turn in our phones okay. so that you can get complete rest. Cause I'm trying to get him to, like to not always be on his phone. Cause otherwise he'll be like at the dining room table. There's no phones because mm-hmm. everyone will be on their phone and eating and no one's talking. So yeah. Okay. I have one more um, question for you. And it is what piece of, of, what piece of advice would you give someone who is just starting their bridal business? Yes. So uh, the piece of advice would be understand that you are constantly going to evolve. Um, That's number one. But the second part is find what makes you happy. Find what lane makes you happy. If it's hair, if it's makeup, if it's bold, if it's grunge, if it's natural. And if that's all that you want to do, that's totally fine. But test out, don't put yourself in a box. And once you find the thing that really makes you happy, just run with it. But know Mm -hmm. that your business is going to constantly evolve. Don't pay for an expensive logo straight out the out the gate, because you're going to change it. (laughs) Um, So so that those are my pieces of advice. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't branding is important, but mm-hmm. you can start with your name and Absolutely. everything else you can figure out as you go. Well, I know that you have a launch coming up and I think you said a week and a half. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that launch. Yes. So this launch is going to be for my one-on-one coaching program and it's called Brighter Beauty Business 360. And the reason why I call it 360 is because I love, I love to integrate habits, structure, organization, and how you really service your clients in a very unique way that is meant to one, help you increase your income, your impact, and it's going to really help you build some influence in your brand as well. Um, This is how you're able to build a reputable brand that people are excited to work with regardless of your price point. And with the ways that I teach, I talk a lot about business organization, business structure, how to streamline your business. A lot of my clients, they love how I talk about email communication because they're able to have a lot of freedom, flexibility, because now their business almost runs without them. Mm -hmm. So that is what it's all about. Um, You can definitely hang out with me over on Instagram at Beauty in the Network. And I am always running my mouth and giving tips about how you can work with me and connect. And my DMs are always open if you have any questions. That is awesome. Well, um, one of the things that how I like to end the podcast is I like to have whoever is the guest kind of give us like words to live by or a quote. Okay. Do you have one that you could share with us, even if you need to look it up for a second? Let's see. A good quote that I could definitely say that would give you some value is one, be kind to yourself. I know that's not necessarily a quote, but be kind to yourself as you are learning and growing, especially if you feel like you are somebody who is an overachiever, you like to go above and beyond. I want you to be kind to yourself because sometimes when we are pursuing something that's new, when we have to learn a new task, we can be very self-critical to ourselves. And when we're self-critical, that is not the motivation that is going to get you excited to jump out of the bed and to Mm -hmm. start your day. One thing that has definitely helped me is knowing that I'm going to make mistakes. And when I make mistakes, that's just a quicker way for me to correct, test, try what is going to be something that's going to be a little bit more seamless, a little bit more streamlined for me to do. Give yourself grace. Know that it's not going to be perfect the first time or the fifth time, but keep pursuing it, especially if it's something that gets you excited and something that you really love to do. So that's my my paragraph. (laughs) Paragraph. That's your run on sentence. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for uh, Jasmine's audience, the beauty and the network. So I am creating something called the revenue generator, and it is how you are able to run your business effectively and make more money 
get more profits without you doing the work, right? So it's how to maximize that revenue without you taking more clients. It's using the current clients you have to get more profits. And so it's called Revenue Generator. It's coming in June. If you guys follow me on social media, my name is Deandra Giselle on all social media platforms. You'll get all the tidbits and information of when it launches. So I hope you guys will be able to join that free webinar. It is a free webinar. There's no strings attached. We just want to give you the information. Absolutely. And you'll be able to find all of her details uh, in our show notes as well so that you can follow her and all of her amazingness. Yes, Jasmine, this is so much fun. Yes, same. I'm so glad that we were able to finish the conversation, one. (laughs) (laughs) And like even just how how the conversation just went, I definitely know that it's going to be some gems. And one thing that I want to say before we even get off the, the podcast is if you took notes, one, tag us, let us know, tag us on Instagram. But if you took notes, don't just let them stick in your notebook for months and months actually implement actually try even if you're clueless on what to do first try something because trying is going to get you closer to wherever you are trying to go based upon your vision don't let them collect (laughs) us try it out oh I love that because I am one that wants to have perfection and I'm like oh where to start first where to start but when you just start somewhere the rest you'll figure it out maybe that wasn't the right start point but you can always do something else right you can always try again so thank you guys so much for joining us we appreciate your time and until next time stay connected bye